Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Museroom. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. Welcome back. As promised, here is part two of my conversation with Janae. If you haven't tuned in to part one of this episode, go ahead and listen to that now, then come back to part two. In part one, Janae told us all about her experience with adoption, and in part two, she clears up some things about the adoption process that people may not be aware of, what happened after she graduated high school, and what inspired her to start her business. I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you. So without further ado, here is part two. of adoption that people aren't really aware of? Yeah, so I think I can only really speak about my situation Mm -hmm. per se, but I got adopted as a sibling group. It never happens. It rarely, rarely ever happens, especially... Mostly siblings will be separated? They'll be separated amongst whomever. Sometimes it's um, family. Sometimes it's just other strangers. Harder for male teens to get adopted solo by themselves Mm -hmm. and then being 11 and 10 like my brother being me and my brother being 10 and 11 that also was very rare as most once you kind of hit a certain age in the foster care system you're on a track to age out of the system so once you get 18 you age out and you lose every resource that you had while you're in the system and then you start to think about how um this current like stats for homelessness Mm -hmm. is heavily correlated with foster um, children teen mothers heavily correlated with foster children so you kind of start to think about that aspect or dropout college dropout is heavily correlated with kids in foster care system in the foster care system because they're not really well equipped to even start on a college level or to even deal with a college level and then they lost every resource of an adult that they had so then they have to kind of navigate it solo by themselves so aging out of the system is a real thing not being adopted as a preteen to teenager is a thing and then not being adopted as a sibling group is a real thing and then I I believe that um I get a lot of like questions obviously because my parents are white um and my like parents have kind of always I wouldn't say gotten bad looks but definitely got questions like okay so why didn't you adopt these black kids mm-hmm. did you just do it to like up your white card type oh, of thing yeah you know to get clout type of thing and then there's like a question a question that I'm constantly asking I'm like okay so where are the black people adopting mm-hmm. I'm like where are you guys uh, where are the prominent black families adopting black kids if you guys have such an issue with 
white people adopting black yeah. kids and like rather them have a family or have cling on to this idea of like blackness um that you know we lose our identity if we're yeah. adopted by a, a white family um so that's also extremely i wouldn't say rare because a lot of white people adopt black kids um but normally it's like baby mm-hmm. or like one year old yeah. and never a sibling group. And my mom and my, I should say my mom, but my parents were very like, these are our kids. We knew when we met them the first time. So they're part of our family. And that's, I think it's just my mom. Like I said, she was a nanny and nanny owned a nanny business. Kids are her like jam. Mm-hmm. So I think she just was kind of like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'd love to get into, not to switch gears, like, Totally. So you graduated high school. You went to Hiram College, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then... So, did I I tell you that I actually, my last two years of high school, I went to online school? I think you might have, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of like my moment when I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm ready for a change in environment type of thing. So... It was a few reasons why. One being I felt like I wasn't being tested really anymore mm-hmm. or challenged at school, mainly because we kept learning for the standardized test of yeah. that year. So it was just kind of like, okay, now it's March, sophomore year, taking the OGT, and like literally all of my freaking teachers stopped kind of teaching. Yeah, it's just like, I was like, mom, I'm waking up at like 5.45 to get on this bus to go sit for eight hours and literally do nothing mm-hmm. then come home and do this homework um, and then my mom's like oh do you want to try online schooling and I had pretty much revolted against it forever because my mom kind of depending on what kid needed a little TLC she would pull them put them on online mm-hmm. school and kind of give them the TLC they needed um, so when I finally said, yeah, I do online school um, for like the reason of not being challenged and just kind of just feeling like I didn't really necessarily connect with too many people at my high school. You know, I was what they call quote unquote popular, you know, cheerleading squad, all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I connected in meaningful friendships right. with a lot of people. And that was mainly because I feel like I couldn't relate to their issues. You mm-hmm. know, their issues are like, hey, my dad won't give me a cell phone. Right. Hey, I broke my laptop. Hey, did you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like over here like, hey, my dad has MS. Hey, my little sister is diagnosed with alopecia. Like, so my problems were just like right. completely different that I just felt like I wasn't able to connect in meaningful relationships during high school with a lot of people. Um, so it was kind of like a no-brainer to go to online school and kind of move at the pace for classes and kind mm-hmm. of like explore different yeah. classes and different things in essence. So I did my two last two years of high school online and my mom decided to pull everybody out the same year. I decided to go online school. She pulled everybody out and then my dad decided to go to law school that same year. So um, it became like this super fun like homeschooling but not quite homeschooling because yeah online but we basically were all at home at the same time um which I thought was super cool I'm like I think now maybe it was super cool I think at that time I was like 
Mm-hmm. Really, Ma? Like, why did you have to pull everybody out? That would have been fun. <laughs> but it was super fun. <laughs> There's seven of us. We did field trips. We got to travel whenever we felt like it because mm-hmm. nobody was obligated to go to class or mm-hmm. school that day. So um, I'm very much, like I said, older siblings, uh, and I enjoy teaching. So I did a lot of teaching of the little siblings. Mm-hmm. But it's also where I got to develop a lot of my creativity because I just yeah. had time to do it. Um, so did that fast forward graduated high school in 2012 went to Hiram College it was an experience (laughs) so I went to Hiram College and while I was like overseas um, I got an invitation to try out for the cheerleading squad granted I haven't really done cheerleading in two years because I stopped doing it once I decided to do online schooling so I'm like oh cool literally off the plane a day later jet lagged tried out made the team moved into college literally maybe a week after that because it's like oh, we now have to start prepping for the season granted it's not really a sport at Hiram College mm-hmm. it's kind of just like an activity right. so I was like okay you guys are a little extra in this <laughs> but okay so moved on to campus yeah we're doing our thing um October, so let's go August, September, October. So three months into cheering, I get a concussion, Mm -hmm. which is, I laugh at this story so much, and it's not even funny, but we are practicing for a halftime stunt, and my little petite self is a bass, and I have my other bass, Mm -hmm. and we have our flyer, our flyer fit, but she's all muscle. Mm-hmm. Almost. She decides we're like prepping for a, a practice basket toss, you know, to toss up in the air. She comes down. Mm-hmm. Well, she missed. She didn't listen. She went on her own count and not our right. count. And she kind of flew up in the air. And I had like 0.5 seconds to decide if I wanted to catch her or let her fall. <sighs> yeah. So I caught her. But it was just me. It wasn't my uh, other base. It was just me who decided to catch her. And... I know everybody can't see this, but but we're here bouncing. Mm-hmm. She goes like over there, and I'm just like whoosh, catch her, and she gets me and my temple and the back of my neck underneath my chin. So I set out the rest of the game, feeling like complete crap. Yeah. Um, and then I went to my dorm room and I kind of slept, Ooh. which you're not supposed right. to do. Yeah. But I was. You like, didn't know you had a concussion. I didn't. I just was like, oh man, my head is killing me. I just want to sleep mm-hmm. and then my friend came and checked in on me and she's like are you okay and I kind of explained to her what happened and she's like oh my god we have to call your parents you probably have a concussion I was like yeah you're probably right <laughs> and my mom's like oh my god when you called me you're like slurring your speech to me it seems oh, like I'm talking yeah. normal she says you're kind of slurring your speech I was like super worried but that put me out of college for about two years two years yeah mm-hmm. i went for some crazy reason i got approved to go back to school a month later mm-hmm. i have no idea how this happened but i got approved to go back to school back to Hiram, in which i carried a double course load because Hiram was the most uncooperative staff ever so i needed to make i had to finish my classes for first semester and classes from second semester mm-hmm. in order 
to keep everything right. flow. Okay? Yeah. So, care to double course load, which then led to a serious, serious, serious TBI. I had migraines basically from like October to June. So throughout my entire second semester. Like every day? Every day, Ugh. massive, massive migraines, like sensitivity, puking, all of that jazz. So I called my mom and I was like, mom, I was like, I need to go to the neurologist. I've had migraines for months and they're not going away. Um, and she took me to the neurologist. I failed every test. And I was like, hey, you have a TBI, and guess what? You can't watch TV, read books, read magazines, go on the computer, go on your phone. Basically, you get to stare at a wall. <laughs> Basically. Um, granted, like, I also, with my first, like, that first month of having my concussion, I slept, like, 23 hours of the day anyway. I mean, even, like, on my birthday, which my mom was so sweet to invite my college friends over, like, literally, they came. I was like, oh, it's great to see you guys. And then I went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was. Um, so, and that's how it was for a really, really long time. Um, throughout the summer, my poor little brother. Like my, it was just, it was terrible. Yeah. It was such a terrible experience. Like the migraines, the headache, like just minor headaches, eye aches, neck aches, puking. My poor little brother was like, oh, like, we were driving in a car. It was hot, motion sickness. Mm. Walked to the car with my little brother. He's like at the door. And I was like, oh, hold on, Brett, hold on. I don't feel so well. He's just like, mom, she's gonna blow. <laughs> and I was like, you made this experience 10 times better since you basically yeah. narrated my right. entire concussion. Um, and it kind of like obviously impacted everybody around me yeah. because couldn't do much yeah. I really couldn't do right. much and I had to take physical therapy which is really weird physical therapy for a concussion but mm -hmm. it's a real thing just a lot of like neck eye exercises and mm -hmm. eye exercises and yeah going so I had to go to physical therapy and I by the time I got approved to go back to school I'm like oh great here we go again fighting to get back into a college not Hiram College because they were terrible um, and super private and since the fact that like I when I went to Hiram I was on the pre-med track as that was like one of the things I was super interested in was becoming a pediatrician mm -hmm. now granted I'm like three years behind on this yeah. path I was like okay so it's kind of time to kind of revert to plan B which I had only because I had switched my elective credits in high school my senior year. My last semester of my senior year, I decided I wanted to switch out my elective credits. I'm mm -hmm. like, I've done all the art I can do. Right. I've done all of the gym I could do, physical education yeah. I can do. I don't really want to take any more financing classes mm -hmm. because I've already done that. So what can I do instead? So I petitioned the dean of the school to let me trade elective credits for internships. And they were all involved in the business category because I wanted to make sure I saw the business side of each um, field I went into. So one was with a pediatrician, an interior designer, a startup consultant, and then a chocolatier who owned an awesome chocolate shop in mm -hmm. Solon. Um, and each one I was like, oh, well, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, now can I see the business side of it? Like, what does it look like to run your own yeah. practice? So what does it look like to run your own interior design firm. So I was like, okay, medicine is where it's at. I love science. Let's go. Mm -hmm. 
well, plan B obviously had to go into it because even though I got approved to go back to school, I still was not at 100%. Like, yeah. getting, it was like more like getting the attention or to explain it, like I would read and then you would like feel like a heaviness, but I would read for like five minutes and then I would feel like a mental heaviness and my mm. eyes would get really heavy. So I'm like, even doing that was like, okay, well, I can't really read. They approved me. I'm good on my physical therapy. Everything is great. But my brain is still healing. Right. Um, So I was like, okay, so what's your plan, Beach and I'm like, okay, marketing and communication seems great to do. Um, And I really started exploring that once, like, my family and my boyfriend helped me start a fashion blog to do something with my time because I didn't have anything to do because I can't do anything so low by myself so they all helped me kind of start a fashion blog that was titled je ne sais quoi je ne sais quoi <laughs> that's cute um and I had that for four years and then I paused it obviously to start auditing co but that was like kind of my dip into the marketing digital right. branding yeah. sphere was that little dip I was like okay so I'm like, oh, I'm seeing all these fashion bloggers doing this thing called branding. What's yeah. branding? Um, and I was like, okay, when I keep saying like, oh, I created a brand. And I'm like, what is a brand? What's branding? And then I just started Googling mm-hmm. and Googling and doing like free online courses before I started school. So like Coursera or like webinars um, and kind of like exploring that a little bit more. And then of course I had like my blog to kind of test things out. Great. What about the branding aspect did you like so much? Ooh. I think what I liked so much at that time was that fashion and beauty bloggers basically changed the entire digital marketing scape. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of companies were used to working with models as their brand ambassadors to promote their product. But now they started going to these normal people who just created this authentic audience just out of sharing what they're passionate about. And that was like the pivotal moment that kind of like everything changed. Now Mm -hmm. everything is about influencer marketing. But I was like, it was at that moment where I'm like, the market is changing. We're not seeing models anymore. We're seeing normal people. Yeah, people of all different shapes, sizes, races, They're walking runways, Mm -hmm. they're in campaigns and magazines. I'm like, this is really, really cool. And I was like, and all they did was share their story, share what they're passionate about, create an authentic audience, and use social media to write their own story. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this is what I was like, I need to learn more. I'm like, I need right. more. Um, so there was a lot of like solo researching. And then when I went and I was looking to go back to school, I was really interested in user design experience, except for they don't have that in a undergrad, or at least at the time I was searching, they did not have that in an undergrad degree, only in a master's degree in the Ohio area. And I wanted to stay local because I get a lot of financial aid because I was adopted. Well, mainly, you know, because I was awarded the state yeah. of the state at the age of thirteen. So I got a lot of financial aid for school. So I wanted to stay local. Mm-hmm. So it was basically all paid for. Um, so I was like, okay, so what's next? What comes after user experience design? Like, okay, marketing communications—that's a great way to start and kind of go. So I transferred to the University of Akron. Mm-hmm. 
and just did my college career there. Um, and then I really started kind of dipping more into like actually offering branding services within this internship that I have randomly landed. I found it on, it was like one of my first times ever on Indeed. And I sent in a crappy resume, like now thinking back at it, I'm like, it was terrible. <laughs> I had like no experience whatsoever, but yeah. I went in to do an interview and I wowed them enough for them to say, hey, you know, will you rebrand our company? for a terrible, terrible cost. I mean, it was like $150 a month, and I was like, oh my gosh, terrible, it yeah. was awful. How much work did you have to put in each day? Um, so it wasn't that much work each day, and somehow we had stumbled upon a salesperson um, who had worked with L'Oreal, so I got to like work with him on it, and then another graphic designer had been brought onto, um, into the mix a little bit, so, it actually wasn't really that much work, but that really got me into the strategy side of it, the brand strategy. Like the creative comes super easy for me. Mm -hmm. It was like the brand strategy, the puzzle piece mm -hmm. of branding is one that kind of was sparked for me. So I worked my for my measly $150 mm -hmm. a month for almost a year, which really baffles me because I don't know how it went on so yeah. long. Um, and then I, during that time, I kind of started doing a little bit for a friend who's an author and then a little bit for my boyfriend who owns an applesauce company and then more for my blog. And then I was kind of like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can, this can be like a real thing, a right. real business. So then I kind of started, um, the introvert in me kind of obviously is a little bit of a perfectionist. So <laughs> I had to announce to Facebook that I was launching a business and that I would have it up in a month so I wouldn't back down or back out of right. it. Um, and I did that and then I have not looked back since launched, wow. since soft launching it in 2016 uh, because it's it's my passion. Yeah. So what gave you the confidence to just go full into it? Well, as I said before, I was 100% about learning the business side of it. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier in the interview, I am not meant to work for anybody yeah. else. And I think that is not just like, I know a lot of people say that from like a cocky standpoint, but I'm like, naturally, I'm a natural born leader. Mm -hmm. um, naturally, I like to kind of answer to myself. I'm yeah. stubborn in that way. And you're I, able to motivate yourself. You don't need someone else to... I don't hold you accountable. I don't. And I think for me, no matter what career path I would have taken, it would have ended up with me owning what I'm working for. Yeah. So whether it was a medical practice or a mm -hmm. interior firm, I was like, I would have owned that. I right. started something out of the blue anyway. Um, so it just happened not to be in the branding sphere. And I think what kind of gave me the confidence is that I knew that I'm like mm -hmm. okay Janae you've you've literally envisioned since a little girl sitting on your biological grandma's bed that you would run the world in some type mm -hmm. of way I'm like so I'm like, girl you better go run the world yeah. it's, it's time for that to happen and I think um my boyfriend also gave me like a big push because I was mm -hmm. like well it's not perfect yet it's not ready yet I mean it really wasn't I launched with a terrible website and like two services that we're okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it was just, everything was kind of like, okay. But obviously 
it's my first time ever running yeah. a business, so I learned from it, and then a year later, redid my entire branding. Um, excuse me, from that process. So, yeah, yeah. Why is it called Audenin Company? If you want to tell that funny story. story. <laughs> okay, so I was reading a book called Along for the Ride by Sarah Dustin. I was reading it in high school and the um, main character's name is Auden. Mm. And I was like, I had wrote it down in the book and I was like, that's a really unique name. I'm like, I'm gonna name my first baby that. Mm -hmm. Well, my first baby is my business. Yeah. So that's kind of how that came to be. It's super funny because people are like, how did you come up with your name? Or when did you come up with your name? I'm like, it happened super late. I like basically already kind of nailed down the services, the growth plan. I'm like, Janae and Co, Janae and Company, Bryson, da da da, and I like tried out all these names, and I was like, Auden and Company, mm -hmm. and it clicked, and it wasn't taken. The domain name was open, all of the social media accounts were open, so I was like, this is it. This is what it's meant to be. Yeah, titled, and that's kind of how that happened. Mm -hmm. From a book, from a, a teen, I like that. teen romance book. I'm curious about, <laughs> about reading that book now. I love Sarah Dessen. I mean, like now I kind of feel like mm, too old to read yeah. her books. More but like a teen kind of thing. They're very, very teen romance. Yeah, got it. Um, but occasionally they're still super good to read if you just want a quick, easy. Yeah, you know, some entertainment. That's Inter cool though. Yeah, entertainment. I will love. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I Fairy like to love. I always am attracted to businesses that where their name isn't just their actual name. I think there's a little bit more creativity that goes into that. Because there's mainly always a story behind why mm -hmm. they titled it. Why yeah. they titled it, and they didn't it's like not Bryson and Co or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, which doesn't have as much story. So I love telling that story though, because yeah, it was a book that my summer nanny got me to read. Or she introduced me to the author, Sarah Dessen, and then my parents made sure I just, they got me the book every time she released one. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of my favorites of cool. her like 12 books. Yeah. Wow. So you've, it's been, you're on your second full two years or? So I officially filed for my LLC March 13th of 2017. Okay. So I'm coming up to technically two years nice. as a legitimate business. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So what has evolved since first starting? Everything. Mm -hmm. Me, I have evolved as a business owner. I'm way more ballsy. I take mm -hmm. way more risk. Um, I think a lot from my past kind of made me more of a reserved risk taker um, because I don't trust easily. Um, so I'm like always on the cautious side and like naturally I have to be on the cautious side because Technically speaking, I'm the only one who's ever had my back. So, you know, I'm like very, very cautious about taking a certain steps. But now I'm like, you got this. You'll figure it out if it goes wrong. So that definitely has evolved a lot with me. Um, I wasn't doing it full time from when it started. I was working as a homeschool tutor for a little mm. girl with Down syndrome mm. for a good chunk of my business so like basically when I started it to the end of 2007 yeah. well end of early start of 2018 I was her teacher mm -hmm. a homeschool teacher so I'm doing it full time now the brand has kind of evolved to really kind of create a kind of a community and like an ethos of its own which was ultimately the goal I just didn't know what it was going to be but from kind of running it is it has developed to be something so beautiful where it's like super 
female driven yeah. with like everything that I do, very creative and very like the educational side of it, which is something that I never really thought I would be super interested in, which I should have just listened to my mom because she was like, you were born to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you will not see this girl teaching a class. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this education side to it that I am in love with yeah. that I love so much with the internships and then workshops and the blog aspect of it is just kind of like sharing right. education resources. Yeah. and resources to people so that has grown tremendously mm -hmm. and will grow further this yeah. year when I actually launch workshops the look and feel of the brand mm -hmm. has changed not that anybody will be able to see this but it kind of started off white like coral and like the kind of uh periwinkle bluish that is and now it's kind of developed to really stand on its own as a brand mm -hmm. um, services have evolved I had did solo individual a la carte services where it's like logo design or website design as solo services and then I kept saying like hey Janae that's not part of your ethos as a branding firm you can't offer just a solo logo design when you mm -hmm. keep telling people that a brand is more than a logo. Right. Yeah. So it has evolved to that sense to really yeah. kind of like incorporate all of the aspects of what it takes to right. kind of like launch a small business. Um, so, and then of course the people I partner with, so photographers and that aspect of it has really evolved and that took me a long time yeah. to find the perfect photographer. Shout mm -hmm. out to Anita because yeah. she's awesome. Cool. Um, so for people who don't really know much about your brand, what do you offer? So Auden & Company is a branding and marketing studio for small businesses. So I offer services that do start with logo design, but mm -hmm. they're packaged up. So it goes logo design, website design, and then collateral material, which is your business cards, postcards, service, flyers, mm -hmm. and then um, kind of going from that as being like, the foundational package you then build upon that to offer brand photography or social media curation um, and strategy and then of course for my food clients because they're the OGs from day one I offer package package for them mm -hmm. that really obviously incorporates their label design aspect yeah. of it and then there is the side of it that it's like I said, the educational side. So that'll be the educational workshops, which are titled In Good Company Workshops. Um, mm. And they'll be launching, so we'll go second half of the year. Cool. So I don't so tack on so many things on my to-do list. Would those mainly be for people who want to go into branding or would they be just for small businesses who just want to learn more about how to build a brand? Small businesses is mm -hmm. my ideal audience and that's mm -hmm. just kind of break down the stigma that branding is super complicated yeah. um, and I think what a lot of businesses run into is that they kind of go in not exactly knowing or fully educated on what exactly is required to launch a brand yeah. so that's kind of like what the entire curriculum will be built off of is just like if you were to hire a brand designer this is like everything you need to know mm -hmm. I mean especially since I've heard horror stories from clients that have went with somebody who charged them out of this universal pricing, but didn't even like at all touch really what they were looking for. Um, so it's really to kind of just educate the small business owner so when they're ready to properly brand, they know exactly what to look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I'm totally lost with branding. I'm still kind of trying to understand the whole concept. Can you kind of go into all of the elements that go into creating a brand? Yeah, so um, as we said, it's not just the logo. Most people kind of say like, oh, if I have a logo, I have a brand. And that's not necessarily true. So a brand is really just kind of how our brand foundation is really just how kind of a person interacts with your company, their experiences. Um, of your company. I like to say your brand is what people say about your business when you're not in the room. It's kind of what I like to sum it up as. I'm like, so that includes client interactions and your client experiences, their interactions on your social media account, your website, um, how your copy is written, um, brand voice, brand tone. Um, A good example is Wendy's Twitter account is very sarcastic and it kind of works for their brand Mm -hmm. to be a sarcastic and that's kind of like their brand tone Mm -hmm. but it's for that audience on twitter um and then you have more accounts that are super nurturing and they make you feel included in their entire business um so you kind of have to it's really finding clarity is a good foundation to kind of start clarity of what you want to be perceived as and exactly how do we hit that how do we write captions how do we write the copy for your website how does your brand photography display the visual aspects of your business so you know when I work with clients I'm like hey you're a food company that's very wholesome and you work with farms your photography probably should be rustic to kind of get that visual click that people kind of understand, you know, you're saying this, but you also have to remember that you have to do the visual indicators Mm -hmm. as well. So I think it goes strategy and then visual and then execution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, did I hit it? I I think so, yeah. I can can go on with this for forever and ever. And people can look forward to your workshops for that. So how do you, when you first meet a client, what's like the process of working with you? It depends. So sometimes I get clients who inquire through my website, which has kind of my form mm-hmm. and goes over all of their project details. But I set up a phone call or an in-person, well, no, I set up a phone call to start with um, just to kind of see what sparked their passion for their business is the main question I ask. I'm like, tell me about yourself. What sparked this passion for your business and what are you trying to achieve as your big goal? Um, and then, of course, we go into what they're looking for. And then I follow up with an email and then we set an in-person meeting at a coffee shop just to kind of like so they can meet me Mm -hmm. and see me in person and I can meet them. And then we can get into the really nitty gritty conversation aspect of it, which tends to happen better when we're in person together meeting. So and then we meet more and we talk more about their passion, my passion, how we how this collaboration can go. And then I follow up with a thank you email and a proposal based on what they asked for. They approve the proposal, then they get the welcome packet and their timeline. We kind of start depending on what aspect of branding package they picked. So we go based on their timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully the idea is that they remain clients and friends well beyond the branding process. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's why I offer on my blog such educational content mm-hmm. for clients and other business owners and creatives is mainly so they can keep reaping the yeah. benefits of our collaboration together. So then when they may need social media content, they'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what would you say to maybe newer business owners who maybe can't 
afford to work with someone to create their brand for them and they they're kind of doing it on their own at the beginning what would you say to them like what are some of the things that they can do clarity um I feel like the one thing that you can do as a business is find your clarity Mm -hmm. one as a business and then one as a brand and what happens a lot of the time anyway is that People feel like they need to invest in branding to begin with mm-hmm. or photography and a logo to start off with. But then they didn't even really sit down and say, what do I want my business to look like? Mm-hmm. So the brand is incorrect and they can't grow into the brand. Ideally, you should not rebrand for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like trends change, but the ethos and ethics of your company should not yeah. change. Um, so sit down, find your clarity. Um and kind of go from there and then you kind of can do it a little bit at a time so how do you recommend that people find their clarity i have lovely free resources Ooh, on my okay, website cool. for <laughs> that um and then of course there are other like businesses out here that offer like questionnaires about mm-hmm. clarity and it's basically a slimmed down version of a business plan i'm mm-hmm. not really a business plan person i don't recommend doing a business plan until you're about five years in because oh, there's okay. so much that changes yeah. about your business that, that you're literally just sitting at the computer like okay well now I'm changing this in my business plan because I'm no longer offering this or I hiked up my prices or that's incorrect so I say create like I created a growth plan mm-hmm. um, when I started of like where I wanted to be one year three years in five years in um, and I check in with that um, as my guiding beacon for my business so once they can start with brand clarity, and then you can go one thing at a time, mm-hmm. one thing at a time. Yeah. Once you have clarity, your logo will naturally fit okay. what your clarity is going for, the brand, the feel you're going for. Then you can go for a website, mm-hmm. and then you can go for photography. You kind of can like do it little by little, but it should all equal one big yeah. cohesive brand because you found clarity first. Okay, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> um, wow, so you can people can find those free resources on yes. your website. Okay, cool under studio freebies cool awesome well we have almost been talking for two hours really <laughs> yeah it's <That was> crazy <laughs> so thank you so much you've shared an incredible amount of wisdom and i loved hearing about your experience and i just had a great time is there anything else you want to share um oh yeah creatively stopped oh yeah i was gonna ask about that i'm sorry <laughs> no that's totally we touched okay. on it but yeah we, we briefly touched on it yeah but that is like that's my passion project yes okay right yeah. now so that's that's my canvas at this moment mm-hmm. is creatively stock which is stock images dedicated to people of color of people of color mm-hmm. um, and this idea was born mainly out of the fact that i was working with a lot of black owned businesses and i was curating their instagram feeds and creating content for them and they did not have the budget for brand photography because they were just starting out. Right. So I'm on every stock image resource site out there, paid and unpaid. And I was having a really, really hard time finding black people in nor- normal narratives. And I say normal, like an actual like two-parent household, mm-hmm. black household, eating dinner or eating healthy or a black man staring at the camera but not looking angry because you know not all black men are angry and um, so after kind of like searching and finding some but some were like twenty dollars per photo mm. and that was just kind of like ridiculous no. yeah. and like it's i was like okay janae you're gonna create affordable stock images that are very trendy and creative 
that small businesses can use at an affordable price. And I've been loving this project. It tests like every awesomeness about what I love about myself, the creativity, the organization, the execution aspect of it. So I'm super excited to launch that project. Awesome. And people can find that on Instagram right now at creatively stocked. Yep. Okay. And the website hasn't launched, right? The website has not launched. You know, there's the lovely legalities of stock images and licensing and all of that jazz Mm -hmm. that I'm desperately trying to figure out. Cool. So anything exciting? I mean, I guess you just said, but anything else that you're looking forward to this year? Creatively stocked and the workshops are like my Mm. they're my 2019 big goals cool i'm looking forward to both of those things awesome so how can people connect with you oh instagram is my main source of connectivity and that's auden a-u-d-e-n and company Mm -hmm. um and of course i have my personal page which is my first name and last name so it's janae j-a-n-a-e underscore d-r-y-s-o-n okay i'm pretty sure i can put it in the show notes <laughs> mm-hmm. and then website is audinandcompany.com perfect all right well thank you so much for everything thank this you is so lovely. much for having me yeah absolutely That was part two of my conversation with Janae. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope there was something that you could take away. I hope you learned a little bit more about branding and about Janae's business. So thank you so much, Janae, for joining the podcast. I'm so glad that we got to connect. If this episode resonated with you at all, go ahead and send it to a friend. There's actually a way that you can do that right within the app. Whatever app that you're using, you can just share the episode with a friend. So whoever you think might benefit from this episode, it would be super cool of you to share. That is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, before the next episode, go ahead and follow me at Newsroom Podcast. You can chat with me, ask me questions about the podcast, and just let me know that you're listening. Or you can email me at museroompodcast at gmail.com or visit my website at museroom.space for lots of other fun things. All right, well, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend and a great St. Patrick's Day. Be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.